At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. A warmer from Elo. Welcome to Bobby Las Vegas for Gus Gussings with myself, Craig Eats Peters, and now part of the Beats and Family Podcast. We've got a great podcast for you guys. Joining me in segment number two, we are going to be joined by Tobias Bass. He does tremendous work over at The Athletic, taking a look at a lot of recruiting slash just the stars of tomorrow in college basketball. He also does an amazing job gauging the transfer portal, and on top of that, he is a man that graduated from Texas Tech. We're going to lead off talking with him a little bit about what to expect from Texas Tech this offseason slash this season, because as we know, the Mark Adams era, that is now done with Texas Tech. They bring in Grant McCasland, who was over at North Texas, playing at the slowest pace in all of college basketball. So I'm going to ask him how McCasland plans to be able to build up his roster, if he's going to be looking to play quite that slowly, if we're maybe going to be seeing a little bit of a hybrid approach there, as Texas Tech never necessarily been a blazer of a program or anything like that, and if there's going to be any holdovers from a season ago with them. Talk about Duke, just what they all have, and under the radar, because with Duke, we all know about the big move with Kyle Filipowski, him coming back to school. That is absolutely massive for them. But at the same time, there is a little bit of a fallout that is happening as Mackenzie Mbakpo, a top 10 recruit, he has requested a release from his national letter of intent. So that means that there is a top 10 prospect that's currently out there in the wings. And something that I've talked a little bit about on this podcast since the nets were cut down in Houston is that we've been noticing that there has been a lot of guys that they were perhaps former McDonald's All-Americans four or five-star guys that they didn't necessarily see the minutes that they were looking for at their previous stop. Them entering into the transfer portal, it feels like it's really been something that I've been noticing more and more this offseason. We're going to be talking with them about that and so much more. And then in the final segment, we did see quite a few news and notes in college basketball on Thursday, including a little bit of a surprise vacancy with a Metro Atlantic school in terms of their coaching position. So we're going to be diving into all that. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at GNN underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters ZM. Maybe it does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire on whatever you'd like to on this podcast by that five-star review. Really did not get in any Twitter questions today. We're going to have a lot of short first segments because typically if the podcast is north of 30 minutes, I do need to put in two breaks. So we're just going to hit one of those right now. And then we're going to dive into it with Tobias Bass looking at the new look Big 12. That's something else I'm going to highlight. Texas Tech, Duke, these guys that are in the transfer portal that were highly touted coming out of high school. And so much more on the flip side right here. I'm Coach Joe Seaton, myself, Craig Peters, and now a part of the Houston Family Podcast.
at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for Cubs Against Hoops with myself, Greg Peters, and now part of the Decent Family Podcast. And it is great to be joined by our guest. It's Tobias Bass. Does a great job of covering all things college basketball. As he does a nice job over there at The Athletic. He does a great job covering college basketball. But on top of that, he also does a great job of taking a look at the stars of tomorrow. Taking a look at a lot of these high school prospects, being able to rank those out. He's one of the best in the business on that front as well. And for those that are fans of Texas Tech, this man is a graduate and is a Red Raider. So Tobias has a lot of knowledge of the Big 12 as well as to be able to follow Tobias on Twitter. That is that his name, Tobias underscore Bass. So makes things all nice, clean, and easy there. And Tobias, always great to have you aboard. Thank you. No problem, man. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for joining me, Tobias. And let's start out first with your alma mater, the Texas Tech Red Raiders. No doubt not the season that they were looking for in 2022-23. And now they have turned the page. No more Mark Adams in the fold. They pick up Grant McCaslin, who did a terrific job with North Texas. And what are some of the expectations that you do have for Texas Tech this season? Because as we know with McCaslin, he played at the slowest rate in all of college basketball last season. I'm not even exaggerating when I say that. A full possession slower than any other team in all of college basketball. And trying to get that system in season number one, I do think is going to be difficult, which is why I think it'll be very fascinating to see what he does in the transfer portal, especially with a lot of the guys they coach at North Texas, like a Tyler Perry, currently being out there in the portal, waiting to see where they're going to be going to next. Yeah, so I think for right now, they're going to bring, so right now they have Darian Williams, MWC Rookie of the Year. He'll be on a visit this weekend, actually. So it'll be really, you know, really good for them to see if they can get a commitment from him. They're really interested in Chance McMillan, the guard from Grand Canyon. I believe he has one of the highest, if not the highest, three-point shooter and percentage in the transfer portal at the moment. 
looking at R.J. Lewis from UMass and uh, Devon Cambridge from Arizona State. It is going to be interesting to see what they're going to be able to land there and with regards to what we're going to be able to get of Texas Tech because as we know, a lot of these players, they transferred out of the fold as we did see someone like a Fardos Amick was with the program last year. He's decided that he is going to be teaming up with his college coach from two years ago over at Utah Valley. Is this pretty much going to need to be one of these overall systems like we saw with schools like an LSU last year? Because I have a feeling that that is what it's going to be, or might there be a few holdovers from last year's Texas Tech team? Yeah, I think there'll be a few holdovers. You see uh, Robert Jennings came back. Pop Isaacs will be back, which is much needed. I think Damarian Williams and Kerwin Walton will be back. Tyron Lindsey, who they got in the middle of the year from Georgia, will obviously be back. That's a solid core to bring back. They're going to have to fill out a couple of more spots, but they're doing okay for right now. They, they just got to, one, get a staff in place, and then they got to get some guys in the portal as well. They should be able to get some nice pieces. We've seen the Big 12 really do a nice job in the portal this offseason as we've seen Houston, who's going to be the newest Big 12 member. They've done a great job in that front, no doubt about it. West Virginia has been able to bring in some guys as well. And I do think that with regards to the Big 12, it is going to be, once again, a top-notch conference this year. It's going to be on the podcast. We do have Tobias Bass because, as we know, conference realignment, it's taking hold. We're going to be having Texas along with Oklahoma going down to the SEC relatively soon. But in comes those Teams from the other conferences, you've got the few teams from the American, like Houston, like Central Florida, BYU is going to be coming into the fold as well. What are your expectations for the Big 12 for this next season with all of this conference realignment? Because while a team like a Central Florida might not be up to snuff with the teams that we were seeing in the Big 12 this season, I think that Houston is just massive for this conference. And the way that they've been able to bring guys in from the transfer portal, I think it's going to keep the Big 12 at the top of all of these conference rankings in terms of college basketball, because I just don't think that there's another conference that top to bottom is going to be as loaded as the Big 12, even with bringing in a team like a Central Florida. No, I definitely agree. I think Big 12, I think, will be the best conference in basketball again next year. There's so much talent from transfers to high school kids. Exactly. So there's a kid I want people to, to, to keep an eye on or remember. His name is Colin Chandler. He was a high four-star recruit. He committed to BYU in 2021. He had to sit out last year because he went on his mission trip. He's really, really good. I think he even has a chance to be a pro one day. He's a name to watch. We have plenty of time, but he's a name to watch going into next season for uh, for BYU next year, and he'll be in the Big 12 playing next year. There's going to be a lot of recruits that's going to be coming in. Ron Holland, who's going to be going in for Texas on that front, he is going to be absolutely tremendous as well. I'll give him a little bit of a shout-out. He's a top-ten guy, but I do think that this is going to be a conference that's going to be locked and loaded, but I do take a look at the moves made this offseason, and I really do think that out of the teams in the Big 12, West Virginia has been the team that has been most intriguing to me because they do pick up a guy in Kirk Creese, who he's a little bit of a polarizing figure. He's not necessarily lived up to his billing in the NCAA tournament the last few years, but someone that's able to light it up from three, someone that's able to drill out the ball on top of that, Jose Perez. We remember him from the Manhattan ordeal. He was unable to play last season. Sounds like he's going to be back at West Virginia. He's going to have some eligibility. What are your expectations for the Mountaineers at this point? Because I do think that they're the most intriguing team in the conference in that they were one of the lesser teams offensively in the Big 12. But at the same time, offensively, they've really added a lot to that backcourt. Yeah, I think that's what, you know, that's what they've done. You know, over the last couple of years, they've been so good defensively. Maybe not like last year, but in years past they have. I think they're trying to maybe try a different approach. They're trying to put more points on the board. And, you know, Huggy, he'll figure out the defense. They'll at least be competitive. They always have a bunch of guys that come in, play hard and foul. So, 
I think he's trying to, you know, get some scoring, get some scoring done. And you saw that's one reason why they struggled in the tournament at the end of the season, but they just couldn't sometimes couldn't put up enough points. They would go long stretches without scoring. So I think he's trying to avoid that going into next season. I do think so as well. And I think that that was really a case in which a lot of teams in the Big 12 have been approaching things a little bit more from an offensive mindset. It's joining me on the podcast. We do have Tobias Bass. He does amazing work over at The Athletic, taking a look at the game of college basketball because I take a look at a lot of the moves made not just in the transfer portal, but also on the recruiting front. And I do notice that a lot of these schools in the Big 12, it feels like they're looking to attack offense because I felt like the conference, they had some of the best defenses in all of college basketball, but there was a little bit of a lack of shooting. Like TCU, for instance, they were a team that they really couldn't bomb it from three-point range last season, bringing in something like a Ty Tennyson for them, bringing in Jameer Nelson Jr. I think that that's exactly what the doctor ordered for them. Iowa State, we know that this team was able to generate a bunch of steals. They were able to play some tenacious defense, but offensively, they were a little bit lacking. Bringing in someone like an Omaha Baloo, who is the number 14 overall recruit right now, 247 Sports, I think that he's going to be massive for them. Have you noticed this a lot with these Big 12 schools, perhaps going a little bit more on the offensive end, being able to bulk up there? Because that's been my big takeaways from looking at the moves made by the Big 12 this offseason. No, I agree. I think I think that's what they're trying to do. You know, offense, you know, I'm big into offense. Defense is obviously very important, but you had, at the end of the day, you have to score more points than your opposing team. So if you want to be as balanced as you can, but I think those coaches, they're, they're super smart defensively. They'll get those guys to play hard, and defense is mainly efforting lanes. So you put in good effort, you can – be okay, I think, or above average defensively. So I think they're trying to change some things up and, you know, put some points on the board. No doubt about it, especially with Jackson Pavelski and Kishan Gilbert going into Iowa State as well. It's clear that they're taking a little bit of a different approach there. And then I have to talk to you about this because I know that you do a great job with regards to recruiting. What can we expect out of the recruitment of Mackenzie Mbakpo right now? Because he was supposed to go to Duke and I mean, it was massive that Duke was able to get back Kyle Filipowski. I've right now got Duke as my way too early number one team in all of college basketball. That things could change if a team brings in like Hunter Dickinson, for instance, and they were already locked and loaded. That could tilt the tide a little bit. But I take a look at Duke right now and I mean, everything that they're bringing in, they bring in Sean Stewart. They're going to be bringing in some like a Caleb Foster who's probably going to be riding the bench at this point. And it's just absolutely incredible the embarrassment of riches that they've got. But Mbakbo being out there and being available, I think is a little bit of a game changer because it's not very often where you see a top 10 recruit like this just be unsigned in the month of mid-April. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, you know, it's definitely interesting. He's, he could be a game changer for a program. He's obviously going to be linked to Louisville. You know, Nolan Smith was his head recruiter when he was at Duke. His AAU team, the, the NJ Scholars, director of Purvis Ellison is a teammate of Kenny Payne. So there's obviously all these connections going back and forth. So I would like to see him in a Louisville jersey. They could definitely use him or he can maybe go the pro route. But I think right now Louisville is just probably in the lead. That's not me using any information that I had. That's just me speculating. But I think Louisville would probably be the landing spot for him. Yeah, and I mean, man, if Louisville could be able to bring him in, that would be absolutely massive. As we know, Louisville, they need help at the guard position because – it was L. Ellis, L. Ellis, and L. Ellis in the backcourt last year. And guess who's currently in the transfer portal? L. Ellis. But, I mean, man, that would be absolutely big for them. But I just take a look at right now the landscape of college basketball. Right now we've got a lot of moving parts. I was seeing a tweet that about 20% of all college basketball players from last season are currently in the transfer portal. As I take a look at verbal commits right now, the up to the second number in terms of players in the transfer portal is 1,435. So, we're going to be seeing a lot of musical chairs 
that are being played. But we're a few guys that you're taking a look at that are out there in the portal that you feel like could be real game changers. Because I mentioned Hunter Dickinson, I think that there's no questioning the fact that he could be able to make a big impact no matter where he goes. But we're a few guys that might be a little bit further under the radar that you're very intrigued to see where they're going to be able to go because you felt like maybe they were in a bad fit or maybe they were somewhat productive at their previous stop, but with the right school, they could really be able to ascend to some stardom. One name looking at is Daniel Basho. You know, a lot of coaches are complaining about this year's portal that there aren't many good centers. So his value at the moment right now is sky high. You have a bunch of high major programs looking to recruit in and bring him in because there just simply aren't that many good centers. Another one I'm looking at is Harrison Ingram. You know, he was a McDonald's All-American after his freshman year. He was on draft boards. This past season, he was okay. You know, didn't do a ton. His draft stock kind of failed, but I like to see him go to another high major big time, maybe even the Blue Blood program and get it, you know, turn up, turn that back around and see where he could uh, end up. And then the other one would be Johan Trora, he was another five-star kid at, at Auburn. Played decent minutes early, but as the season went along, he just simply wasn't playing that much. But he's really talented, and I think he has a bright future ahead of him. And I'm so glad that you mentioned Traore because I take a look at this year's transfer portal, and the biggest theme that I've seen is that not necessarily the fall-off of talent, because I still think that there's a lot of talent, but there's few guys that you just know are going to come in and they're going to be that lightning rod player, like Kendrick Davis going to Memphis last year. Forget about guys in the transfer portal. He was just one of the best players in all of college basketball. Now he's out there for the taking. While there still is quite a bit of top flight talent, there isn't necessarily like that Kendrick Davis that we saw from last year because forget about guys in the transfer portal. He was just one of the best players in all of college basketball. But I think that one of the, shall we say, consequences of this fifth year, this COVID year, is that a lot of freshmen, they play a lot less. So you're seeing a lot of these guys that they were four or five-star guys not get a lot of minutes enter into the transfer portal. We already saw Khalil Ware decide that he was going to Indiana, but I think that he's a prime example of this. You mentioned Traore, a former top 75 recruit. As a matter of fact, I think that he was more like a top 50 recruit. He's out there in the transfer portal, and I'm seeing more and more of these guys that they were four- and five-star guys, just not get a lot of minutes, and they're just looking to be able to carve up a little bit of a role for themselves. I'm not sure if you've been making a lot out of this, but I feel like that's been one of the biggest themes from the transfer portal this offseason. Yeah, I mean, look how many McDonald's Americans we have in the portal. I think we're almost touching 10. And some of these guys are sophomores and younger. So that just shows you a lot of these younger guys, you know, they might have picked the wrong school coming out of high school. They're trying to, you know, move on and go to the NBA in a year. You look at someone like Khalil Ware, I think he's really talented. When he was in high school, this is back when Jalen, before Jalen Duran reclassed, I thought Khalil Ware had the highest ceiling and had the long, the highest long-term potential between Topowski, Jalen Duran, and Derek Live. I thought that he would have been the best going forward. He hasn't shown that yet, but I think that he will next season. Yeah, and with Matthew Cleveland entering into the transfer portal as well, a guy that first year and a half on campus in Florida State just wasn't working out for him, really was able to ascend in ACC play. I am very fascinated to see where he's going to be going as well. He's another guy that's like a top 30, top 35 guy from a few seasons ago. He is out there. He is in the transfer portal, but a man that he is committed to just great college basketball knowledge. That is you, Tobias. You do an amazing job taking a look at so many different fronts. Like I mentioned, you do a great job gauging Texas Tech, the Big 12. You take a look at a lot of these stars of tomorrow, taking a look at the recruiting front. I know you're doing a great job of tracking all these transfers as well. So love the good people at home. Know it's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Hey, you can follow me on Twitter at Tobias underscore Bass. That's T-O-B-I-A-S underscore Bass. And we're going to have, you know, the Athletic right now, we have a bunch of transfer portal rankings and we're ranking the guys one through 50. So we have a couple of those guys and expect to see a couple of commitments starting uh, tomorrow. There'll be commitments all weekend. So follow me on Twitter if you want to get the scoop. Yep, absolutely. And 
I think that we're out of commitments for Arkansas as we saw another one that <laughs> happened on on Thursday. There are just some of those teams out there where it's like, my goodness gracious, I think that they've used 37 roster spots. So it's getting to be very interesting in the transfer portal. There's a lot of hoopla that's going on. And one of the best at being able to take a look at it all is Tobias over there at The Athletic. It's always great to get him on the podcast. So big thanks to him for joining me on Coast because he's now part of the VC Family Podcast. And coming up next was another rambunctious day in the transfer portal. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a roundup as to all the news and notes we saw in college basketball over the last 24 hours. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. And we're right here in Las Vegas for Ghost Ghosty with myself, Jayu Stevens, and now part of the Family Podcast. It's always great to be joined by Tobias Bass. He does amazing work over at The Athletic, taking a look at the great game of college basketball. He's locked in on the transfer portal. He's doing incredible work, taking a look at all that we're getting in the transfer portal as well. And every single time he joins this podcast, lends great information and insights. So a big thanks to him for joining me on Coast Coast Soups, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you a little bit of a roundup as to all the news and notes we saw in college basketball on Thursday. I was figuring that this was going to be the case, but this officially became official on Thursday. Dennis Jenkins, who was the point guard over at Iona this last season, decided that he is going to be following his coach, Slick Rick Patino, over to Iona. An incredible year this year. He was a top five junior college transfer entering into last year. 
lived up to that billing, and then some 15.5 points, 4.9 assists, ceiling after contest, shot 36% from three-point range. It is a St. John's team that is going to be undergoing quite a bit of a change. I know that Patino said publicly that he is going to be looking to build around Joel Soriano, but he's looking for a bit of a new backcourt to be able to go along with him. Being able to get some familiarity in there, I think is absolutely massive for him, as we're just seeing it with more and more of these schools as well. A lot of these teams that they undergo a coaching change, they try to have as many guys as humanly possible follow that previous coach over to their new landing spot. And I do think that it is a good approach to be taking, to be able to have a little bit of familiarity. I think it's going to be massive moving forward. And this is a very good get for Rick Pitino and company. This is also a very good get as No Fernandez. He was playing this last season over at UMass and he has decided that he is going to be going to Rutgers. For Fernandez, the only thing that was really hurting him this last season was that he just couldn't stay out there on the court. Really like what I saw out of him at UMass this last season when he was out there on the floor. He had that game winner in the Charleston Classic. 13.5 points, 4 assists, 1.3 seals. Shot 45.2% from 3 point range. If you want to go back to his last really truly healthy season, the 2021-22 campaign, 14.9 points, 5.3 assists to about 2.6 turnovers per contest. Shot 36% from 3. This guy's rock solid. He plays good defense when he was out there on the floor and actually playing for... UMass, they were actually a relatively good team in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis when he was off the floor. Things got a little bit more hairy, but him being able to come in for a Rutgers team that had a very good success last year in a guy that I wouldn't say has necessarily the same attributes, but Cam Spencer, he was able to go from Loyola, Maryland and be a big contributor for Rutgers. They're looking to do that once again, and I do think that they're on the right track to be able to do so. We saw quite a few guys with some gaudy numbers enter into the transfer portal on Thursday, like Jerron Pierre. He was playing at Wichita State this last season. I had 10.5 points right around an assist and a half per contest from three-point range. He was able to shoot only about a 28% clip two seasons ago. And Southern Miss was more of around a 33% three-point shooter, but is able to do a relatively solid job with his defense at 6'5", a little bit of a hard guard. He is going to be out there in the transfer portal. Isaiah Range was able to put up some nice numbers this last season out there in the swag. He was playing at Alabama State and for range, he was able to show off a little bit of range, and now he is out there in the transfer portal as he was able to supply the team with 14 points, right around three and a half boards from three-point range, shot 42.7% from three, a rarity in the SWAC, 1.3 seals per contest. Whoever is going to be getting him is going to be probably getting a nice find. Would like to see him be able to draw out the ball a little bit more, but by and large, love what we saw there. Limited games for Dr. Bradley, who was a top 25 junior college transfer last season because he was on that New Mexico State team that, as we know, the chemistry was not necessarily there. And Dr. Bradley, one of the best names in all of college basketball, by the way, but he was averaging about 6.5 points per game last season over at New Mexico State. He's decided that he is going to be going to Northern Illinois. And I do think that Dr. Bradley, much better than the numbers would indicate, he's a 6'7", a little bit of a combo player. What I saw from him at the junior college level, this guy is really able ball out. So I do think that this is going to be big for our Northern Illinois team that has actually done a good job bringing in guys from the junior college ranks in recent years. I almost consider this a year at the junior college ranks just because he didn't get a lot of experience against D1 guys, but they were able to do a good job bringing in someone like his Zarek Nutter. He came in and he became a nice contributor for this team. I believe that Caleb Thornton is someone that began at the community college level as well. So bringing in Dr. Bradley, I think it's big for a backcourt that they could use 
use a little bit of defense, and I do think that Mr. Bradley, he is going to be able to provide that. Dalian Johnson, he was playing this last season at Penn State. A little bit more of a contributor this year. After two seasons ago, he was a bit more of a starter. Three and a half points per contest. Shot 36.5% from three-point range that season as a six foot three, A little bit of a qu- quick twitch guard that doesn't necessarily dish out the ball a whole heck of a lot, but is able to shoot off the ball. He's heading to Florida Gulf Coast. Dunk City, as we know, a little bit of a connection there with Pat Chambers being the former coach over at Penn State. He probably had a hand in Johnson playing over at Penn State. So I do think that this is going to be a good fit for all parties. And then with Penn State losing him, they are picking up someone else. They are getting Nick Kern Jr. into the fold, as we know. It's going to be a little bit of a transitionary period for Penn State. They lose Micah Shrewsbury in the offseason, but they were able to do a nice job of being able to rally things up. And with Kern Jr., I think that he's going to be able to be a nice role player for this team. He's not going to be someone that lights the world on fire. At VCU, he did not put up massive numbers. 5.3 points right around three boards. Not a guy that's going to pop it from three, but is able to be a good on-ball defender at six foot six. He's able to guard multiple positions. He's able to do a tremendous job with his defense, so he's there to be a little bit more of a provider off the bench, and if that's a role that Penn State is looking at him for, I think that this is a very good pickup for them. Kashad Johnson, he was a part of that San Diego State team that was able to go to the title game this last season. As a starter, didn't put up Mondo numbers. Seven and a half points, five boards per contest, but was a key contributor for everything that the team was doing. He is out there in the transfer portal, so I'm very fascinated to see what is going to be happening there. As for San Diego State, we did see them pick up Reese Sticks and Waters, but also have Lamont Butler decide to put his name in for the NBA draft. He's just testing the Waters, and I fully expect Butler to be back with the team. I just don't think that there's really a future for him with regards to playing professionally quite yet, but I do think that taking a look at the way that San Diego State is going to be able to build up their roster is going to be intriguing as they're going to be losing a few pieces from last season, but Brian Dutcher, he has utilized the transfer portal very, very well. The way that he brought in a guy that was much needed in Darian Trammell this offseason, that really stood out to me. David McCullough has decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal. Someone that spent Four years over at Bowie State, AD2 program, went to Morgan State this last season. Averaged five and a half points, right around three and a half boards per contest. Was able to shoot 33% from three-point range as a six-foot-six, a little bit of a combo player. Missed about half the season due to injury, though. He was banged up throughout the entirety of the campaign. When he was out there and firing all cylinders, things were able to go relatively solid for him. In the final four games of the season, when he was finally able to get back in, was able to be healthy. He was putting up more like seven points, five and a half boards, a block per contest. So he is someone that can make an impact at a lower level out there in like the SWAC, the MEAC. He's able to be a relatively solid contributor, so we shall see what happens there, but he is in the transfer portal. Another Kern in Connor Kern is now in the transfer portal. I do not know if he's any relation to our good friend Nicholas Kern, who decided that he was going to be going to Penn State, but for Kern this last season, he was at Texas A&M Corpus Christi. just really didn't supply a luck lot. 1.1 1. 1 and a half rebounds per game. He is in the transfer portal, so we'll see what happens there. You did see Jaden Quinterly, not to be confused with Javon Quinterly, but the, uh, I believe, younger brother, he just did not see any playing time whatsoever with Alabama. I think that he was there just for his brother. Half a point, half a rebound per contest. This last season, he is going to be entered into the transfer portal. Not necessarily the world's biggest shocker there. I mean, how bad was UW-Green Bay this last season? Garen Davis has decided that he is going from UW-Green Bay, and he's going to St. Mary's of Texas. He has gone down 
to the non-D1 level, and whenever you see something like this, it makes it very easy for your handicap. All you need to note is that Mr. Davis, he was at the D1 level and didn't necessarily do a whole heck of a lot this last year. He's at the non-D1 level. Just cross him off your list of guys that you need to evaluate, and you're able to move on from there. You saw Nakeem Aleem decide to enter into the transfer portal, was a part of a UConn team that was able to make the national title game, but after being a three-year starter at Virginia Tech, did take on a little bit of a small role with UConn, and we did see his three-point shooting percentage fall while he was at Virginia Tech in his three years, shot 38.7% from three, shot just 30.5% from three-point range this last season at UConn, averaged 5.2 points per contest this past year after in his three years at Virginia Tech was averaging more around 9.7 points per game with UConn bringing back a lot of guys from last season. Got to figure that Jordan Hawkins not going to be back at school as he entered his name in for the NBA draft. I don't think that he's going to be pulling that name out. He probably would be in line for a few more minutes, but UConn also has a nice recruiting class coming in as well. So we shall see what happens there. Colin Golson Jr., he was playing this last season over at Eastern Michigan. Put up some okay numbers. He was able to give the team five points, shot about 36.5% per three. Season before at Eastern Michigan, scoring was better at some point, eight points, 4.1 boards, but also shot 12% from three-par range. That season, he has decided that he is entering into the transfer portal. He's six foot seven. He's a little bit shifty. Has been able to work on that range a little bit, but no doubt about it, he could use just a little bit more of a carved out role for him and suddenly was a little bit of a liability on defense and I think that you're able to say that about every single player that was on the Eastern Michigan team this past season. So he has decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal. John Harger has decided that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal as well. Well-traveled man, began his career in Northern Kentucky this last year, was at Idaho, just really couldn't find his footing with Idaho. So we shall see if he's able to find a nice home for him. At, but this guy, he is not minor in terms of what he's able to provide. His name might be Jordan Minor, but this guy is major as he's going from Merrimack and he's going to be heading to Virginia. He will not have to speed up his game as he played on a Merrimack team. That was one of the slowest teams in all of college basketball and was Mr. Do-It-All with Merrimack this last season. You saw Merrimack have big-time struggles while he was off the floor. When he was on the floor, this was a team that they would have been able to make the NCAA tournament if it weren't for the fact that college basketball rules are just so stupid in which you have to spend three full seasons at the D1 level before you're able to make the NCAA tournament because Merrimack actually won that NEC tournament and Miner was a big reason why. 17.4 points, 1.4 seals, 2.6 blocks, 2.3 assists, 9.5 rebounds per game as a six foot eight do-it-all player. I think that this is going to be tremendous for Virginia. Virginia plays a little bit of a different style. As you've got, as I always like to call it, the psycho zone with Merrimack. Now you've got the pack line defense of Virginia, but he's already shown that he's able to pick up very complex defenses. I think that he's going to have a lot of success with Virginia. I think that this is a sneaky, under-the-radar, tremendous pickup for them. And then we saw Miles Thompson. He lit it up with St. Francis a few seasons ago. Did not play at all this past season. He was injured. He has decided that he is going to be going to Morgan State. It's been a Morgan State program that they've been sort of on the doorstep. They've been looking relatively okay, but they just have not been able to bust through and make the NCAA tournament. And this could be the missing piece if Thompson is healthy, because that is a big if for the 2021-22 season. Last year, he was fully healthy. Shot 41% from three as a six foot six, a little bit of a combo player. 11.2 points per contest and just 3.6 rebounds per game that season, season before, and actually the previous two seasons, he had 5 and 5.4 rebounds per contest. 
respectively. I think that he could be a big contributor out there in a MEAC. Let's call it what it is. It is one of the softest conferences in all of college basketball. Him being able to come in, I think, is going to be massive for a Morgan State team that they've been a little bit top-heavy in recent years. I do think that he's going to be able to make a big impact right off the bat. And making an impact as well, Wisconsin in the transfer portal. I think an angel has gotten its wings as the Big Ten and especially Wisconsin have been very stubborn about utilizing the transfer portal, but it feels like they're turning over a new leaf. They were able to pick up Noah Reynolds a little bit earlier in the offseason, a guy that averaged 14.5 points per game at Wyoming, and now they get A.J. Store, a Big East all-freshman performer overall for the season, averaged 8.8 points per contest. Needs to work on doling out the ball and rebounding, but shot a little bit over 40% from three-point range. Wisconsin was solid from three-point range at home. On the road, it was not necessarily so savory, but being able to bring in a scorer like A.J. Storr, I do think represents something in that Wisconsin might be looking to turn the corner just a little bit, and they might be looking to, oh, I don't know, get out of the 1980s with regards to their playing style. And you take a look at Storr in the back half of the season. He shot just 35.5% from three-point range the final 13 or so games of the season, but he was a bucket getter with 12.7 points per game in the Big East. Being able to get a guy like this, I think is absolutely massive for the Wisconsin Badgers. So kudos to them for deciding, you know what, we're actually going to be doing something and we're actually going to be picking up someone in the transfer portal. So that is nice. I was mentioning the fact that Naheem Aleem decided that he was going to be entering in the transfer portal. This should not come as a shock to a lot of people. Adama Sanogo, the man that made things a go-go for UConn this last season, he is entering into the NBA draft. He was tremendous at UConn this last season. He did make things a go-go. 17.2 points, 7.7 boards, shot 36.5% from three at six foot nine. He's got all sorts of strength, all sorts of power. You wish him absolutely nothing but the best. This one comes as a surprise to absolutely nobody whatsoever. This one comes as a little bit more of a surprise as Jack Nungie has decided that he is going to be pursuing a professional career. I don't think they necessarily declared for the NBA draft, but this was off of his Instagram feed and that he is going to be going pro in some former capacity. I think that he was eligible for a COVID year and he had been playing college basketball since the 2017-18 season. He was eligible for another season, but at Xavier this last year, 14.2 points, 7.8 rebounds, shot 39.2% from three as a six foot eleven little bit of a combo player. I'd be a little bit surprised to see him in the NBA, but perhaps a feature overseas. I think that he could certainly be able to do a great job there. Amari Bailey, he was a former top 15 recruit. Not surprised to see him decide that he is going to be entering into the NBA draft. He had a solid year this last year at UCLA. Saw more minutes when you were having the injuries to Jalen Clark and company. He had about 11.2 points per contest. Shot 39% for three. His biggest attribute, though, was that he was just the most athletic player, in my opinion, for UCLA. We've also got Tiger Campbell has decided that he is going to be entering in the NBA draft. He is going to be keeping his options open, though, with Tiger Campbell. I would expect him to probably be back on campus. Amari Bailey, he is as good as gone, though, as Bailey. He's going to be a guy that's going to be picked in the first round, in my opinion. Meanwhile, Tiger Campbell, 13 and a half points, five assists, has worked on his three-point shooting quite a bit. From three-point range this last season, shot about 34% from three, 85.5% at the free throw line. He's taking a look there, and Bailey, he declared for the NBA draft. He is as good as gone, though, so there is that. And then you saw Jeremiah Davenport. He was playing this last year at Cincinnati, and now he is going to be going to Arkansas. He is going to be playing for the Must Bus. Another good pickup for them. They were able to get Kaylee Battle, 
a little bit earlier in the week. They were able to do a nice job landing Traymond Mark, and it was very clear for Arkansas. They needed to bulk things up with regards to their outside shooting. Now they get Davenport a career 34.7% three-point shooter. Shot just 33% from three this last season, but I was in a little bit more of a diminished role. He was sort of in the shadow of Landers. Only in my opinion two seasons ago, and since I had the 2021-22 season, he was really at peak form. 13.4 points, five and a half boards, shot 36% from three-point range as a six foot seven, sort of do-it-all player. So I think that this is going to be big for them, and Quinn Ipiak all of a sudden is going to be looking for a new head coach as Baker Dunleavy, he has decided that he is going to be going back to Villanova and apparently he's going to be doing some sort of fundraising for them. He is the general manager of Villanova basketball now. So Baker Dunleavy has decided that he is going to be going away from Quinnipiac. So now there is another coaching opportunity that is going to be open as we've only got about four or five in total. So a lot of this right now in terms of what I'm rounding up on Coast Coast Hoops is a lot of player news, but that's another opening that we do have and I'm going to be keeping track of everything that's happening in this college basketball offseason. And if you do have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer this in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at GNN underscore D1. Keep in mind, letter CM. I mean, does not matter. As per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way is on an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you are able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. A big thanks to Tobias Bass. He does amazing work over at The Athletic. He joined me in the last segment, coming at you guys every single day throughout the college basketball season and throughout the offseason. We're going to be getting you guys conference previews. Once the portal calms down, most likely late May, early June, when I'm going to be starting those low to mid-major conference previews. So I will be chatting with you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.